Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. This is the Rebel News Daily Livestream, and I'm caught a little off guard because uh, we went live early instead of late for once. Um, I'm your host, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and I'm joined by my co-host in Calgary, Adam Sos. Adam, how's it going? Nothing going on in the country right now, right? Like it's boring. There's nothing to talk about here in Trudopia. I don't know what we're going to talk about, Sheila. We've got some time to <laughs> fill here. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We can talk about our kids, our families, whatever. There's not a lot yeah. going on in the world today. Um, I should tell everybody what we're doing because Adam and I are joking. The show is packed and this weekend was insane. And as usual, the mainstream media fell down on the job or, you know what, they didn't even fail. Uh, on the job. They didn't even start doing the job and that's where we come in. But uh, before we get to that, um, we... Uh, I'll explain the nuts and bolts of the show and we have a little something new that we started last week that we should talk about. So uh, we normally broadcast a show here on YouTube or we used to just broadcast a show exclusively on YouTube. However, YouTube completely demonetized us and they have this whole host of onerous restrictions uh, regarding things we can talk about, even though they might be widely reported in mainstream media sources. Since we're conservative, there are certain words that we can't say. So there will come a time where we cut off the YouTube broadcast, but we don't want to say goodbye to our YouTube viewers. We want to invite you to join us on four now other free speech platforms. I'm not framed in properly, so I'm just going to scooch over a little bit. Four other free speech platforms. Those platforms are Odyssey, Rumble, and SuperU. And on all three of those platforms, you there are different ways that you can support us through an Odyssey Hyperchat, a Rumble Red, or a SuperU Shout. If you send us one of those and attach a comment to it or a question or a story idea, Mr. Producer, uh, who I believe is Efron today, will send it to us in a message and Adam or myself will do our best to address that on air. We're also trying something new that we started last week. We are also live streaming currently on Getter. So if you are watching mm -hmm. us on Getter, nice to meet you. I have made a commitment to spend a little bit more time there and less time on the censorship platform of Twitter because why am I giving those jerks over at Twitter my content for free? My great content for free. I'm a great tweeter, mm -hmm. so I think I'm going to be just as good over on Getter. Um, Adam, there's one story that we broke last night that we should talk about because mm -hmm. if this story were in... If, you know, like I always play like, yeah. what if, what if Harper had said it? What if Trump had mm -hmm. said this? What if a right winger had done this? Well, this is a perfect example. So uh, I think it was yesterday afternoon, they released the name of the guy who rammed into, this is also, sorry, I should go back a little. You might not know this if you get all your news from the mainstream media, but since you're here, you probably don't. A man drove his car into convoy protesters in Winnipeg, I think it was at the legislature on Saturday afternoon. Four people were injured. One was taken to the hospital. Um, if this had happened, let's say a right winger had driven his car into a BLM protest um, or the, yeah, this is gross. This is Tobias Tissen. This is Pastor Tobias. Look at this. Like this person could have been pinned beneath, beside that other car and murdered. Um, but yeah. that's that's your intent, I think, when you 
fire up a motor vehicle and hammer it into a crowd of people. Like that's normally your intent. That's not what this yeah. guy got charged for. His name is David Zegarak. We'll get to that in a minute. He was charged with um, four counts of assault with a weapon. That would be the vehicle. Two counts of dangerous operation of a conveyance causing, bo causing bodily harm. So dangerous operation of a vehicle. A dangerous operation of a conveyance. Two counts of failure to stop after an accident knowing the driver was reckless. The driver being him. And failing to stop at the scene of an accident. Two counts of that. Um, but... He didn't get charged with, you know, attempted murder. Um, yeah, here's the footage. If you are look, oh, I never saw how I never saw this angle before. Yeah, the cops are saying it's miraculous. No one was seriously injured. Like miraculous. Yeah, well, this guy shouldn't get the benefit of being a bad murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Car driving. That progressives can't even do that, right? That protester he ran over could have been pinned underneath the other vehicle and he could have been like look at this he yeah. hits him it's just by the grace of god that guy isn't thrown under the other yeah. vehicle and murdered so this guy gets just dangerous driving and um assault with a weapon uh, because he's a bad murderer he gets the benefit of being bad at trying to kill people but there's more to this story and i think yeah. the mainstream media especially in Winnipeg probably knew there was more to the story because the guy who did this has been kicking around the uh, Winnipeg arts and music scene, but also the Winnipeg anarchist scene for a mm -hmm. very, very long time. Dave Zegarak is a radical far left-wing anarchist. This is Antifa. Um, and he has a long history of being involved in anarchist movements um, he's a 43-year-old musician from Winnipeg who describes himself as Indigenous, Serbian, and Irish. He's the frontman of Canadian punk bands The Brat Attack, Dead Peasants, Revolt, Black Mass Brigade, and Class War Kids. That should give you a hint to his politics. Um, I think the last thing he did was the Warped Tour in like 2005, but anyway. Um, his, his Wikipedia page is deleted, but I was able to late last night find a an archived version of it. Um, his song lyrics deal primarily with anarchist politics. He's an outspoken vegan. Of course he is. Um, mm -hmm. and a long time. Anti don't want to harm anybody. No, we don't. We're, you know what? That's the thing. We're anti-violence against animals, but let me fire up this Jeep and run over somebody. Um, there's a feature on him in the online publication, the scope, um, said that he founded the apple cart collective. And it was formed, uh, it kicked off a series of shows, like music shows on International Workers' Day or May Day, which is like the labor movement thing. Um, he moved to St. John's and he was disappointed with the lack of anarchists in St. John's. Um, he says, I was, I was surprised by the lack of activists when I got here. I get the gist that maybe Newfoundland is more community oriented than Winnipeg. You mean normal? Yeah. And I mean, in Winnipeg, there's this greater division between the haves and the have nots. And so he was disappointed at the lack of organization, just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but however, Winnipeg police. Uh, they are saying this is not a hate crime, but clearly, no. I would, uh, this is my opinion. Um, this is politically motivated, obviously. That's why he drove into a crowd of freedom protesters 
with his vehicle and by the grace of God didn't kill them. Um, however, like punks in Winnipeg, they don't like him. They think that he's no. despised by every group or organization he's ever claimed to represent. He's got uh, one Brad Attack song was titled Hey Harper, You Anti-Choice Homophobe F Off Die Die Die. Um, he is declared an internationalist. Um, he wrote a song about it where he chooses not to recognize borders or countries and declares he stands with those who oppose social injustice. I don't know. He just rode over a bunch of people who were trying to yeah. oppose the social injustice of vaccine mandates. Um, and now, and there are, as there tend to be with these male feminist types, serious and I think kind of credible accusations of him in the sexual realm. Uh, Rebel Time Records, no relation, announced that it would no longer be carrying releases by Brad Attack or the Class War Kids due to allegations of sexual assault leveled at Zegarat. Police, as you rightly point out, have described the lack of serious injury from the attack in Winnipeg as miraculous. Again, this guy gets the benefit of being bad at killing people, but that's definitely what he tried to do. And I guess my point is, uh, where's the mainstream media on this? The guy's yeah. politics are obviously, they conform with much of the mainstream media, so they're just going to well, turn a blind eye to this. I mean, I, I can tell you where the mainstream media's influence is in this. The mainstream media is so eager anytime anyone deemed even conservative or someone who's clearly not conservative, but when there's no information out there, anytime there's an attacker or a rammer shoot or anything, they're very quick to blame conservative media and brand the person as a conservative. Um, let's look at the facts here. This person was clearly radicalized, clearly a communist, and I'm sure that communist-style, state-funded media, unilateral, anti-conservative, left-wing, progressive media radicalized him in that vendetta. So they may not have covered this story, but the, the fingerprints of mainstream media is certainly all over it. You go all the way from Justin Trudeau to the CBC and you use the rhetoric that they have used vilifying these truckers, these truckers from all backgrounds. Some of them are extremely wealthy truck company owners. Some of them are new immigrants who maybe their uncle owns a trucking company and they're just trying to set up so they can make a better life for their family, um, regardless of religion, regardless of creed, regardless of monetary situation. Um, a group of people gathered together. And the irony here is everything that he espouses, all these principles that he, at least in concept, espouses of the working class coming together and standing up for themselves and standing up against the government, that's what the truckers are in a peaceful and non-violent way. What he is, what Antifa is, who goes around beating people up violently for disagreeing with them, ramming people in parking lots like this guy did or during these protests, and the rhetoric of of this government is decidedly fascist. Um, so the great irony here is that much of what they espouse we're actually seeing in practice amidst these protest communities in an earnest way. Um, but all of their actions are ultimately, when you look at what they do, Justin Trudeau speaks about sunny ways and all he does is invoke anger and rhetoric against the vast majority of people who didn't vote for him. And lots of these Antifa types who are against uh, fascism, who are against imposed violent rule, well, they use violence to enact their methodologies. And that's paramount and example here in him ramming these people because of the rhetoric and because of the anger that has been directed against these people who are fundamentally saying, leave us alone, respect the charter, back off. That's, what, that's the essence. 
sense. There's nothing racist about this. The trucker movement isn't even high level political. It's literally just like, it's time for you to back off. This isn't what we elected you to do. There isn't a long detailed, uh, nuanced manifesto from the truckers. It's back off, leave us alone, respect our freedoms. That's the extent of it. And to call the people who are saying back off government, respect our freedoms, fascists, and then to run them over because you disagree with them, it's the height of irony. There's horns honking in my ear, Efron. Um, yeah, did, they, did they change the meaning of anarchist or something uh, mm. while I wasn't paying attention? He's running over people who are opposing the government. He's using his car to enforce government lockdowns and the mm. narrative of the government. Efron, quit honking that horn in my ear. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like, did they... It's like he. Maybe we're just hearing it now. This rapid disconnect. Oh, I heard it in my head like all Saturday no, after being at yeah. the protest. <laughs> um, and you know, he says he's an anti-racism activist. You can tell that this person has been radicalized by Justin Trudeau's yeah. rhetoric. Justin Trudeau yeah. goes out in the media and says these guys are a bunch of racists. The media says, "Yep." Yep, the boss is right. Yeah. These guys are a bunch of racists. And so uh, low-level activists do nothing, who's never done anything of any sort of consequence in his life to make the world a better place. He's been told, these people are dangerous Nazis. And he's like, I've told myself for 20 years that I'm an anti-racism activist. Now's yeah. my time to shine. And so he fires yeah. up the Jeep and drives it into a crowd of people. I, this is just, this video is just horrendous. I can't believe nobody's dead. I can't. I can't believe and that guy survived. It's so easily traceable to the rhetoric of the CBC and Justin Trudeau. First of all, you look at those song lyrics about Harper. Like, Harper was, Harper, as much as he was good on economic policy, genuine social conservatives do not like him because he wasn't good on abortion issues. He wasn't good on marriage issues. Uh, yeah, he was very much like, we're not going to talk about that. The, the fact that people vilify Harper and call him Hitler and all this insane rhetoric, he basically didn't touch or change any of those social issues. Um, and, and he consciously avoided him. It's one of the criticisms he often gets from from conservatives, from, from social conservatives anyways. Yeah. But this rhetoric out there is so wild. Uh, furthermore, I mean, there is the core, I, I have some credibility with, with the punk rock scene. Um, the core of the punk rock scene, it's very anti-violent. This is not what punk rock was about. And it's very sad. I actually, we use, they use the term cultural appropriation all the time. I'm like, you don't get to listen to our music. You don't get to wear the mohawk. You don't get to wear a studded vest and then go around acting like a fascist beating people up. You can wear your black block because that's how you act. You don't get to misappropriate all our culture. These rich, often middle upper or upper class, very often white kids who are espousing communism and dressing like punk rockers. It's not your culture to espouse. Uh, that's not what the culture is about. Punk rock is very anti-racist. Punk rock is very pro-freedom. Hey, guess what? This truck convoy is anti-racism and pro-freedom. Period. It just simply is. And you are not. You're attacking people for espousing those values. And frankly, I think it's sick that you're misappropriating punk rock culture. Um, you can be a communist activist. I think we should strip him of the title punk rocker or punk rock activist. He's just a communist. We can call him what he is, a communist. Yeah, he's just a commie hypocrite. 
Um, yeah. And this is why I listen to Dolly Parton. I don't have to deal with <laughs> all these politics and people appropriating my culture. Um, but speaking yeah. of uh, far left wing hypocrites, uh, let's take a walk over into the CBC because we could be going anywhere yeah, with that. <laughs> I know I could be. It's that's like the universal evergreen segue from yeah. Sheila. Um, one of the reasons the Ottawa police decided to fully militarize the city over the weekend was because they wanted to protect the hospitals from protests from these rabid mm -hmm. anti-vaxxers, which, um, I don't know, we talked to a lot of people at the protests who are all, who are vaccinated, but they're like, I made a choice. These, uh, no, that's the whole point is we want people to make a choice. Um, yeah. but they wanted to protect the hospitals from protests outside the hospitals. Sure. Fair enough. I don't think people sure. should be blocked from going to the hospital. If you want to protest, go across the street from the hospital. Fair enough. Um, but it is okay to protest at a hospital if you are protesting against the protesters, as you'll see mm -hmm. in this CBC video. If you want to roll that, yeah. So these are uh, doctors and healthcare workers, so we're told, and uh, they're CBC without <laughs> any problem in it. And this is their, you can tell that this is uh, the pro-hospital lockdown. Yeah, look at truck off effers. Classy. I, I don't, but yeah, so, but you can tell by um, how they're all wearing masks outside where they fall down on the politics of it all. And they're dead, um, and they're dead little eyes, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, they're clutching their hearts and falling over. Um, but yeah. uh, you can tell where they fall down on the side of this because they're wearing their masks outside. And that's a political statement now. It's like mm -hmm. how I wear my politics on my T-shirt. They wear their politics on their face. Now, that's a thing. Yeah. Whatever. Go ahead. Do it. Just don't make me do it. Um, but they are literally on hospital property here. This is hospital property. And they're having a big protest against the truckers. Where are, uh, where's Doug yeah. Ford to call these mm -hmm. people yahoos? Where's yeah. uh, the oligarch of Ottawa, Jim Watson? Where is he to say how yeah. bad these people are and how they're endangering hospitals and the safety of patients and workers? Not a peep out of these people because it's not about no. protests and it's not about hospitals. It's about shutting up the people who disagree with you and using yeah. the law to do it. And I mean, we, this is not a new phenomenon. We, the whole narrative in Alberta, while there was peaceful protests that kept the sidewalk clear, never blocked yeah. the driveway entrances yeah. into the hospital and were off of hospital property, cleaned up after themselves. The rhetoric around that from Rachel and Ali and Jason Kenny alike, sadly, you can group them together on most issues. Hopefully there's some change on that front today, but sadly, you can group them together on most issues. Um, the rhetoric was entirely that these people are dangerous and they're blocking it. Lo and behold, we're there covering it. Antifa shows up, blaring, and one of the, one of the concerns was the sound. They couldn't hear sirens. Antifa shows up blaring dubstep with a giant banner blocking views. They're blocking in front of the road. Start, yeah. They start, <laughs> they start shoving people. Yeah. The Skrillex uh, protest. Um, they start shoving people around. They're being violent. They're being louder than the protest ever was. And they're blocking some of these pathways. Literally that day, the rhetoric in Alberta about 
about blocking hospitals being dangerous stopped. As soon as Antifa showed up and did the exact same thing, in fact, they did far worse. Um, these protesters were being peaceful and they weren't blocking every, anything at all. Um, but Antifa shows up and literally blocks stuff, is blaring music. They stop talking about it. The, the, it, it. There's this glaring double standard within society and it does radicalize people because like the person who is ramming people with his vehicle, like these protesters, they understand and it is very much like communist countries there's a sort of tier class system. Ironically, once again, they profess to be communists. And like every communist's attempt in history, it becomes as like everything they talk about becomes manifest. You have this tiered society where if you're a progressive or you're with the state party or your CBC or whatever, you can do the protests. You can do the same thing. You can ram people with your cars and there'll be little to no consequence. The media won't report on it. It'll be heralded as healthcare workers united. Um, then the other side can have a completely peaceful protest, like a trucker convoy, like a protest outside of a hospital, largely constituted of health healthcare workers, they're radicals, terrorists, and Nazis who need to be dealt with. And they're people in society, per Justin Trudeau, that we don't need to make space for. The, the, the double standard there is glaring. That is not how society works. Um, furthermore, people tweeting, well, only Indigenous people are allowed to block roads. Other people aren't allowed to block roads. That's not how civilized society works. Civilized society, you have a standard general set of rules that respects freedoms broadly, but ensures no one is entirely stepping on other people's freedoms. And everybody adheres to those same rules and regulations. That's how society works. Throughout this uh, pandemic, what we've seen is progressives and the government trampling on those rights. And we're talking about literally violating section 276.2 of the criminal code, violating charter rights, violating, fu violating fundamental rights to assemble, violating free speech rights. They, all these politicians, Rachel Notley included, have talked about the lawlessness of the pandemic. There has been categorical lawlessness. It has been from unelected health officials and overstepping politicians, and they have broken the law time and time again. And as though, if you're one of those people who are saying, well, two weeks or something. I understand sometimes there's some exceptions. Well, when those people were challenged, okay, you're going to step on our charter rates, stand up for yourself in court. Well, Dina Hinshaw is too busy taking a vacation. Um, no one, no one's available to answer questions or pr pr provide proof on the science. They're the ones who have been lawless. They're the ones who have been reckless. And finally, these truckers are saying enough is enough. And frankly, to the police officers out there who, who took an oath to serve and protect, if you're enforcing lawlessness on behalf of the government and violating your oath, that is extremely problematic. You are part of the problem. Taking away the uh, fuel and limiting Canadians' capacity to provide charity and feed each other in Ottawa is absolute madness. It is the core definition of lawlessness. You have no right to strip a jerry can away from somebody as they're walking down the street. You, you need warrants, you need search and seizure orders, you need all that stuff. I'm not going to lawyer. I'm, I'm not going to lawyer up and do homemade learning. But it seems pretty abundant to everyone out there that what is happening in this country from Archer's church being interrupted in the middle of worship to these, these seizures of fuel in Ottawa, this is not lawful. Fortunately, um, I think it's at truckerlaw.ca. Is that right? Is that the URL that we have now? Yeah. Trucker I think so. Yeah.ca. That's yeah. the TDF, yeah. the democracy yeah. fund. Um, that's yeah. their intake form for truckers who are being uh, ticketed or otherwise harassed have had their um, their fuel 
confiscated. Yeah, truckerlaw.ca. There's an yeah. intake form. So if you are a trucker out there and you are involved in these protests and you need some help, please reach out to the, the Democracy Fund. That's a registered Canadian charity. They have street teams of lawyers, by the way, deployed to the streets of Ottawa, and they are mm -hmm. helping people. Um, in fact, uh, we saw this in action firsthand, or our friend Efron did. Uh, maybe we yeah. can roll that. A trucker needed help. Uh, Efron was standing right there, and a TDF lawyer was right there, and no ticket. That's what happens when you engage lawyers. So why don't we roll that clip, Efron? Show a presence here, but, uh, you know, the cops are here. What's going on? Well, we're trying to hold the line here. We're trying to show a presence here, but, uh, you know, the cops want us out of here. So they've ticketed me. They've given me a couple of tickets. So, so what exactly are they taking me for, and how many is the ticket? They're saying uh, I'm uh, uh, impeding a live lane, which this is the right turning lane, and they've got everything blocked here, so nobody could turn here anyhow, right? So I'm not impeding anybody, but they've given me a ticket for impeding the traffic. It's been charged with a um, with a parking ticket uh, with some infraction of a bylaw. Most likely, I don't know. I cannot read the ticket. The hand. The handwriting is just too bad. The police are threatening to arrest this man who's engaged in free So you know, what happened there? Yeah, sorry, what what happened there was uh, trucker was being repeatedly ticketed for blocking or impeding lanes of traffic, but the lanes of traffic are blocked off. So how can you impede something that's already being impeded by the police? And mm -hmm. there was a TDF lawyer on the scene right away, negotiated, and the trucker was able to leave without tickets. So um, a success yeah. by our friends at TDF. You know how how sad is it that. Basically, Rebel News and then Western Standard, True North. There's a couple other outlets out there. But how sad is it? That the, other than there's there's rare exceptions. I can think of like David Staples and a few other people yeah. who are with Legacy Media who are actually asking questions and presenting stories in a in a somewhat credible fashion. That Rebel News stands alone, aside from those other few independent journalists, in actually reporting on these stories and actually having people on the ground and in actually providing some semblance of coverage that could allow a person out there to formulate a thought for themselves. We don't just talk to one side, we talk to both sides. We allow people to express their views. Um, but on the other side, on the Democracy Fund side, while every civil liberties union or organization uh, in the country, aside from the JCCF and the Democracy Fund have fallen flat and don't seem to have any concerns about freedom of speech or rights anymore. It's it's left to basically rebel news and the democracy fund and then the, the, the few other outlets I mentioned to be standing up one for transparency and accountability in media and two for civil civil liberties and the rule of law from the very get go of this from fightthefines.com to fightvaccinepassports.com now truckerlawyer.ca and trucklaw.ca we have been basically 
almost unilaterally fighting alongside the democracy fund, this madness within our society, while the conservative opposition has been largely blunted with the rare exception of very few voices, um, the other opposition parties that aren't opposition parties, they're liberal diet parties um, that just go along largely speaking, um, there has been virtually no opposition. Last night, Rachel Notley tweeted that these have been among the most concerning weeks of her political career. Well, these have been among the most concerning years of my political observation throughout my entire life, yeah. because we have seen the rule of order, the rule of law, and ultimately, like I said, lawlessness arise in this country on an unprecedented level. And this is, if you're ever wondering how a country like Venezuela goes from one of the most prosperous nations in the world to your kids starve to death, and that's not hyperbolic, you, they literally, an oil-rich country, very comparable to Canada, turn into a communist hellscape and people's children starve to death. If you're wondering how that transition happens, well, it's happening right now. You see the civil liberties unions no longer standing up for civil and organizations no longer standing up for civil liberties. You see the state media literally becoming that state media. It was interesting when we were fighting for a right to participate in the debates, um, the, the Justin Trudeau effectively in the debates commission's lawyers were saying that there's a clear difference between state funded media and state media. And the judge, the federal judge very rightly said, well, that's wishful thinking. Um, but when you see the entire country, all these organizations unilaterally falling into sync underneath dictator Justin Trudeau, that is how Canada turns into the next Venezuela. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that some of the changes, some of the new uh, leadership candidates, some of the new directions the countries are going, plus the fact that from a grassroots level, these truckers on their own have, have woken up, taken to the streets, they're rallying, we're seeing international attention, thanks to, I mean, a large part are folks in Ottawa, Kean and Sid down at the Coots border, the coverage that is drawing international attention speaks to the fact that this is not fringe. This is not minority. This is real Canadians standing up, standing together. And despite all these organizations and voices in society and all the international funding that's backing them up, our land is still glorious and free and people are standing united and together once again. So I'm hoping that we won't be the next Venezuela, but the, the red flags are certainly there. Yeah, it's so interesting because people are sort of painting this as a political movement, but it is the opposite of a political movement. Yeah. It is happening because the political movements failed. Um, mm -hmm. The government stomped all over our rights. The opposition parties failed to oppose the government. The media failed to hold everybody involved to account and ask any sort of skeptical questions and question the narrative, which is sort of their job is to hold the government to account on behalf of the people, not the other way around as so as is so often the case. These are people who see everybody failed them. Everybody who is supposed to do the right thing failed them. So they thought, you mm -hmm. know what? We'll do it. And it had to come from the truckers. Mm -hmm. It had to come from blue collar people and it had to rise in rural places. And I'll tell you why mm -hmm. is because these are people who are indep independent-minded people, not scared of hard work. If you live in rural Alberta, you rely on your neighbor. You don't rely on yeah. the government. The government is too far away to help you. And you you reject, because you know everybody around you, you reject the narrative that your neighbors are some sort of disease vectors because they think differently than you. And so yeah. there was no other place that this could come from other than rural Canada, driven by blue collar people. There's just, 
it it's the perfect storm. They are the perfect people mm. crafted to take this fight. And now they're inspiring people, not just all across our country, but all across the world. Um, we should talk about the tyranny of, uh, oh, see, this is so Albertan, by the way, this is, yeah. Man, you know, and it's, it's, it's also <laughs> so perfect that not only is it blue collar, hardworking truckers, but I mean, who, who is getting the story out? I mean, I, it's not Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln is, is, is going to Uber to, this is too much information, but Lincoln is going to Uber out to get some fresh socks and underwear because he got on the ground. The story started unfolding and he hasn't stopped. Kian is sleeping on a floor somewhere because he doesn't want to miss yeah. the action. I mean, these people are in, I mean, we're reporting on the story. We aren't the story. I want to be clear about that. But as far as people willing to be there, willing to do the work, Mocha driving across the country, being alongside the convoy, it takes working class roots to do this type of journalism. Well, and to earn the trust of the truckers involved mm -hmm. and the people yeah. involved in the protest, because it's not just truckers anymore. It's regular people. It's farmers by and large here in Alberta. Um, you know what they say about a farmer, you can smell BS anywhere. Um, and, you know, they've been lied about by the mainstream media. They've been lied about by their own premier here in Alberta when they were accused of uh, assaulting a police officer. And there was nobody ever charged for that. It was just a regular old motor vehicle fender bender. Um, yeah. the, and so when everybody's getting it wrong, these people are rightly skeptical of the media yeah. and of outsiders who try to come in and tell their stories. But Sid... And K2 in Coots have really earned their trust. They're the only journalists yeah. on the inside of the blockade. Um, Mocha, I know he was out in Milk River. That's the sort of the staging area where the cops have all the supporters sort of corralled off. It might actually be the largest town in southern Alberta at this point because of so many supporters who have converged in on Milk River. Um, we had yeah. Mocha out in Milk River, you know, just knocking on doors, trying to get the story of what's going on there. And we've got Lincoln and Alexa and David Menzies was in Ottawa and Tamara and Efron were in Toronto and I was in Edmonton and um, Drea was in Vancouver and you've covered protests in Calgary and Mocha was in Calgary too, by the way. So there's just, yeah. I mean, we are there telling the stories and I see a lot of mm -hmm. people, particularly in journalism on both sides, actually on the left and the right, they're doing Twitter journalism. Um, but to get the footage, to tell the stories, to earn the trust, you have to be on the ground. It's one thing to see yeah. somebody else's video and then tweet it back out. I guess you're signal boosting, which is fine, but real journalism requires work and you have to get there and you have to chase down the stories and chase down the rumors too. Um, that's yeah. important because the mainstream media are running with one thing and it's important to have people there to chase down the lies. And exactly. if people want to, sorry, if people want to support our journalism, thank you for flipping that up there, Efron. So I don't forget, it's at convoyreports.com. We had Mocha all the way to Ottawa. We've got still people in Ottawa. We've got people in Coots. And if you want to support their independent journalism stories you won't see in the mainstream media, please go to convoyreports.com. Speaking of stories you won't see in the mainstream media, Maurizio. <laughs> One of our young fellas usually works as a video editor. He was running camera and he was part of our Rebel News street team in Ottawa over the weekend. And uh, as you know, the police militarized the city there in advance of the uh, 
second wave of convoys coming. And um, the police have started uh, basically they, they're trying to starve and freeze the protesters out. If you provide material support to the convoy, food, water, fuel, propane, um, you can now be charged. Uh, firewood also. So in Canada right now, you can go to prison for church. Uh, honking after seven, I, from what I understand from the Twitter outrage mob, that might be terrorism. And uh, providing propane to a trucker or somebody in an RV who has little kids in their RV um, to stop them from freezing, you can go to jail for that in Canada. So um, what started off as a rumor, we heard, we saw online, somebody say that uh, the police were starting to seize fuel cans. And so Maurizio found it and caught it. Um, so do we want to throw to Maurizio's Twitter clip there? I've been taking my uh, cart here back and forth between the uh, Petro Canada and uh, the Parliament area downtown Ottawa here to help get uh, some fuel to all these uh, families and, and people sleeping in their cars and people running generators to, to feed everybody with free food and and, and keeping this peaceful protesting uh, going so everybody's has, has got heat in their vehicles and whatnot. And uh, on, on one of my trips this afternoon, I was uh, swarmed by a, a large group of, uh, of police. I'm not sure which department they were from. Um, whether they were RCMP or whether they're from Ottawa City Police, I can't exactly remember the department, but that's uh, neither here nor there. And what they what they told me was is that if I come back tomorrow, which would be Monday, um, I believe that's February seventh, that I would be uh, ticketed and uh, or sorry, I would be arrested for uh, mischief uh, charges, I believe, for aiding and abetting or something like that. I've been taking my uh, cart here, going back and forth between. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so um, that man, uh, he was threatened by police. I don't know if we have other footage of people um, who, where the police are seizing the jerry cans, or maybe we have a still of that. But um, the good news is for um, the police, uh, a bad news for police, good news for protesters and truckers, is once we saw that, Ezra, um, doing what we always do around here, and that seems to be, Fixing the plane while it's in the air. Uh, yeah, this is footage of police seizing the uh, the jerry cans here. They've sent in the SWAT team to take fuel away from truckers. And I, I checked the weather last night. I think it was minus 15 in uh, Ottawa. So they're hoping to literally freeze these people out, which is the kind of stuff they do in Russia, China, Venezuela. But... Uh, like I was saying about Ezra, we like to fix the plane while it's in the air. We just get these grand ideas and then we're like, we'll do them and we'll figure out the logistics later. Ezra agreed to take on all the fines of the truckers. Mm -hmm. We'll fight every single one that we can in court. And we've got a great lawyer, David Anber. Uh, he's a lawyer there in Ottawa. And he was he's he has been a fight the fines lawyer in the past. We know David, we like David, and he is a true believer in freedom. And he was unsolicited, just telling people like, look, this is what you, these are your rights if the cops come. And these are my suggestions if you want to stay out of trouble or not, rather not make it worse. So he was doing that mm -hmm. on Twitter. We saw that and we're like, hey, that's a fight the fines lawyer. We, he's already doing work on this. Let's get him helping these people. So that's what we're doing. And if people would like to help the truckers 
by paying David's fees because David is worth every penny. He's done incredible work for other people on Fight the Fines. It's at truckerlawyer.ca. So that's the donation site um, to help cover the fees to have David Amber take on as many trucker tickets as he can. And uh, he was really up late last night. His whole team was just giving her helping truckers. Truckers were calling him after they were taken to uh, like, as they were being arrested, they were calling David Amber for help. So um, the work has already started on that file. And if people want to help, it's truckerlawyer.ca. And I do have to say, like, thanks to the incredible viewers that we have, we get these grandiose ideas. Ezra, Ezra has a heart of gold and he hates the idea yeah. of uh, the underdogs getting beat up. Um, so yeah. anytime the underdogs are getting beat up, that doesn't sit right with Ezra and he's going to stand up for them. But, but we need our viewers, our supporters without you guys donating these truckers, these people throughout the years, Arthur Pawlowski, um, all these pastors have been arrested. All of these people would not have had the backing to stand up and fight. So it's thanks to you. So if you are able to donate, go to, is it truckerlawyer.com or, Truck, or .ca or truckerlaw.ca? No, truckerlawyer.ca. Truckerlawyer.ca is the sort of fight the fines initiative for um, David Amber. And yeah. Chad Williamson. And we should talk yeah. about um, Coots because the other major story in the entire world that Rebel News reporters are really owning through their mm -hmm. um, sincere uh, commitment and hard work is the standoff between truckers and the police and border officials at Coots, Alberta, the Sweetgrass, Sweetgrass Montana crossing. And this is an important yeah. crossing because it is the major north-south uh, trucking route from Alberta to destinations south, um, feed, beef, it all goes through there, chicken, poultry, everything goes through there. And um, we've had K2 and Sid down there for, I don't know, what is it, going on 10 days? Pretty yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. And they went down there with one change of clothes, poor guys. And they, like Adam said, uh, K2 and Sid are sleeping in somebody's office right now so that they're on the scene uh, in case anything changes. And they're the only journalists trusted inside the negotiations between the police and the truckers. So the truckers yeah. there have blockaded everything. Although they are, contrary to popular belief, allowing uh, ambulances, <clears throat> emergency services, school buses, anybody who needs to get through, they're letting them through. Um, and I think yeah. they had one lane of traffic open actually as a sign of good faith and goodwill yeah. uh, right there. Yeah, there it is. It's, I think K2 got this footage. So if anybody thinks that they're not letting people through now over the weekend um, and sort of towards the end of the week, police blockaded yeah. the road off to Coots because they didn't yeah. want any more supporters coming to Coots because it's getting crazy there. And this is something I should note. There are so many people between Coots and Milk River in support of these truckers that if they wanted I'm not saying they ever would. If they wanted to steamroll those cops, they could. But they're not yeah. because they're peaceful people. And this isn't about violence or getting their way or using violence to get their way. They're just yeah. making a stand. But there are enough of them that if they wanted to, they could. They just won't. And they've yeah. got the equipment, right? Like they've got tractors there. Yeah. They could be shoving, they could be shoving cop cars into the ditch if they wanted to. They just aren't. They are doing I mean, this as peacefully as possible. 
they could even coordinate for a stampede of cows to happen to go that way. There's, there's tons of, yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I mean, I had the opportunity to, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I had the opportunity to fly over both right when they erected this RCMP barricade and had something out of a movie. It's there's, there's white SUVs, big vehicles, trucks laid across the road and cops absolutely everywhere setting up this blockade. So we flew over that and then we flew right over Coots um, above 1500 feet out of the requested airspace for the sake of the RCMP that's watching. Um, but we flew and there we are well outside of Coots landing briefly. So um, all rules were obeyed because I know the RCMP has been calling, um, but we flew over there. You can see vehicles getting through no problem. Um, you can see that there's roadways available, that there is uh, traffic, but they're all parked off to one side, sort of very organized, very respectful. We saw vehicles driving by. In fact, right when we were there, the RCMP was letting vehicles get through. But just a few minutes away outside of Milk River, the RCMP blockade was a proper blockade with the entire road blocked and vehicles not being able to get through, causing massive traffic snafus. All the criticisms that were lobbed against this, this trucker blockade were not accurate of the trucker blockade at all, but they were certainly accurate of the RCMP blockade that is blocking the road off absolutely entirely and has people stuck on the side of the road instead of rolling into this small town. So once again, no me virtually no media there, no coverage but we've had people on both sides. I'm heading to the blockade today, actually. I've got a, an interview later, and then I'm going to be heading down to the blockade myself. But to fly over it, one thing was trucks parked off to the side, clearly peaceful protest, some flag waving. The other thing is the road is absolutely blocked, and people are queuing up for uh, for seemingly, maybe not miles, but an extensive distance trying to get through. So uh, it, it, it's a pretty unbelievable scene down there, certainly. Uh, Efron, I don't know if we have that... Uh... It might be on Ezra's Twitter feed. There's some drone footage from over the weekend about how much the blockade has grown um, because it's just enormous. And the thing is, this has got to scare the living daylights out of the UCP because I guarantee you almost every single one of them down there is a UCP voter. Look at this. Yeah. This is... This is at Coots. This isn't even at Milk River. Now, Milk River is where the uh, RCMP have basically kettled, for lack of a better term, all the supporters who are trying to get to Coots now. They're being yeah. held about 20 kilometers up the road in Milk River, and I think that's where you're going later. Um, that's right. But uh, we had, over the weekend... A uh, good friend of Rebel News, Tariq Elnaga. He was a Maverick Party candidate um, mm -hmm. and a cowboy. And he descended upon uh, Coots with about 350 of his closest friends and neighbors and rodeo associates and their horses um, in yeah. what is probably one of the most Alberta scenes I've ever seen because it is yeah. the cops can stop. A vehicle right like you can block the ditch whatever but horses just go right around and so yeah. the horses they all like this is just so beautiful this is so yeah. alberta trick went down there and he actually after he did that he had a very busy weekend because after that he went back to calgary wherein he organized a supply convoy to Ottawa, and they took off yesterday, and they yesterday morning, Sunday morning, and they landed in Regina. Look at this; this is so great. Yeah, 
they landed and look at this just horses 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 <laughs> it's so great um they can take so, our lives but they'll never take them yeah this is so wonderful <clears throat> horses canadian flags on hockey sticks going to fight for freedom um, and every single one of those, I guarantee you, well, with the exception of a few who voted for uh, separatist parties, these are all UCP voters, so they've got to be very scared. But anyway, Tariq left yesterday for Ottawa. He landed in Regina last night, and I think uh, Mocha was there when Tariq left. So I think we have that footage from Mocha's Twitter feed. And while that's getting pulled out, Tariq Alnaga, shockingly, not a white supremacist. Yeah, um, terrible white supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we don't have that, so maybe we can move maybe. on from that. But in, incredible, oh. so Albertan, and I mean, once again, it, it's you're, you're seeing East Indian-owned truck companies. Um, a guy from the Middle East who came to the Stampede when he was younger and fell in love and moved to Alberta and became a cowboy, um, riding his horses. Like these are all backgrounds. There we go. There we have them. Yeah. I don't know if we have got audio or not, but uh, uh, people from all backgrounds rallying, standing together um, and standing in solidarity with these truckers. It's incredible what these truckers have started around the world. It really is. Yeah, Trick is such a great guy. He just loves yeah. Alberta so much. He just eats, oh, sleeps yeah. and breathes this province. And he's so Albertan. I think he's his normal day job when he's not um being a rodeo cowboy is in the oil patch i think he works sort of in exploration he'll text me and correct me if i'm wrong um but just he just loves this place so much and he just loves freedom so much that he had to be a part of it so he took the horses down and then he's headed to ottawa even though he knows people are being ticketed they've militarized yeah. the city but he knows that's the place to be and the truckers there need help and support well, he's got a ranch hand company as well. I know that's one of the things he does. So not afraid, not afraid to uh, shovel, shovel some BS. And I think that's what he's going to go do in Ottawa. Oh, it's so great. Now we should maybe get to some of the chats because we've got quite a few and we've got 12 minutes left in the show. And I know that you kind of have a tight yes. timeline today because you have an interview and then you're headed south four hours. So yes, that's right. Uh, let's get to that. So uh harper will always be my pm gives us five bucks thank you very much i was 100 expecting when the truckers hit toronto that doug ford would also claim he's positive for covid and flee to muskoka surrounded by a 30 opp army guarding him hope pierre as pm will finally cut funds to jt's media gang yeah that's the only way this even sort of normalizes a little bit or restores balance is when uh, that media bailout fund is cut. By the way, I saw um, Toronto Star is jangling around for more money. It sounds like they're looking for more bailouts. Uh, people apparently are not enjoying and paying money for the garbage that they produce, so they need more money because why would we ever let a market correction take place? Uh, because that would teach the media a lesson about doing the right thing, but you'll never yeah. happen. Harper will always be my PM, gives us two bucks. It would be nice having... Pierre Polyev, who announced over the weekend, by the way, that he's running for the leadership of the Conservative Party as the next PM. Ottawa hasn't seen anyone intelligent and educated since 2015. I wonder if JT is hiding in BC or the French Alps ski resorts. I believe he is holed up at the lake. See, when hundreds of thousands of people just converge on the nation's capital, you're like <coughs> going to the lake. That's where Justin Trudeau yeah. went. He's at Harrington Lake, as far as I know. 
And that, that's, that's, what's promising is like these people, these truckers, they aren't getting paid. They don't run away to Tofino to hide. They don't go up to the lake. They're doing this because they believe it on a fundamental level. So that's extremely promising the, the countless Canadians who've donated and rallied behind them and are risking being jailed to bring them supplies. Uh, it's a promising sign and a good omen that uh, the tyrants are starting to waver um, and that the freedom lovers will not relent. Well, and I think, too, a lot of this shock and awe from the Ottawa police and uh, to some extent the Toronto police, it was designed to scare away protesters and to scare support away from the protesters. But it's really not working. People are seeing right no. through it. And, and luckily, with the support and thankfully, with the support of TDF to help people with their tickets. Um, yeah hopefully people keep coming because they know they have this registered Canadian charity who stands for civil liberties that has their back. And I mean, uh, you're, the other hopeful thing here is that with, with the Chinese Olympics being largely ignored viewership down like 40, Olympics. 50% <laughs> genocide Olympics, 100% people are abstaining from viewing those. And again, I have my sympathies to the athletes who have given their lives to performing here, but regardless, that doesn't excuse what China has done over the years. Yeah. They're, they're intentionally abstaining from watching those. They're all eyes on the abuses taking place here. Um, I think what lots of these globalist great reset gang, uh, they thought that this was their big push to win. I think they might've woken a lot of people up to what's going on in the world and uh, hopefully that spells a tide change yeah a harper will always be my pm also sends us two dollars says he typed in deco labels earnings that's doug ford's family's business says it came to 13 million dollars now i don't know where you're getting that information from because deco labels is not uh, like it's a privately owned company so you might not actually have that data could be more could be less but we know they're doing well. Uh, Socialist Ford, we're all in this together, means Deco makes millions, lobbyists wire money to PC, Walmart gets rid of competition in the name of science. Yeah, I think Ezra at the beginning of this, he called it the Amazon lockdown because they were making yeah. money hand over fist. Cuba bound gives us a buck. Anarchy simply means no master above, no slave below. They hijacked and twisted the word like many other words. Now everyone uses it wrong. Adam made that point. Harper will always be my PM, a buck. Is there any, is there actually any way to find out which of 12 social, socially liberal premiers or three fed socialists made the most during Corona? Probably not. I mean, you can look at their disclosures um, to the ethics commissioner, but you know, sometimes you just forget things like when Bill Morneau yeah. just forgot that he had a French villa, oopsie doodle, or forgot that uh, we organization paid for all of his trips. Uh, to Africa. I hate when just, that happens. You do. It's you know what it just slips the girl's mind. It's I could happen. Anyway. Oh, that Ferrari, that Ferrari. I forgot about that one. That French villa. Dang it! I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I'm so excited. I can't even forget that I have a greenhouse. And that guy's forgetting a French villa. Um, I'm shocked that JT did not say it's understandable with guy running down people in Winnipeg. Yeah, he did. He didn't say that, but I am uh, actually surprised that he didn't say something. But if he said something, then we would have to acknowledge that that thing even happened. And right now we're not even in acknowledgement mode from politicians that this thing even happened in Winnipeg. But yeah, I, I'm old enough to remember when Justin Trudeau was like, 50 churches burning? I can sort of understand why that happens. Yeah, it shouldn't it. be happening, I but it. it's I get it. I can relate. Yeah, we, mm -hmm. we're not yet there because we can't acknowledge that 
uh, guy tried to run over four people, actually more, but four people got The things that Justin Trudeau says are so extreme and he's the mainstream of the left, but they're so extreme that if there was a right wing equivalent, we wouldn't interview them or put it on on camera because that's ridiculous. But on the, on the left, it's, it's okay. And he's the prime minister and everyone reports on it. Like it's sensible. Yeah. They're all like, no, but Sheila, he's got cool socks. And did you see his hair? And Oh, he's got stubble today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He looks like a homeless Mm -hmm. university professor whose wife threw him out and he's sleeping in the family uh, station wagon. That's what he looks like. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. That thug is probably hoping JT will give him $5 million as a soldier killer reward by JT is 10.5 million. I was accepting CNN to say the Jeep drove on its own into the crowd. Yeah. A van attack, a Jeep attack. Yeah. Uh, Pump Chain gives us 10 bucks. The legacy media is like the Ministry of Truth in George Orwell's 1984 now. Just chant Big Brother, Big Brother whenever you see them. Yeah, I thought that they were really upset that some protesters in Ottawa were like giving them the business. And I'm like, you just spent a week calling them white supremacists. You think they're going to be nice to you? If you spend a week using their platform to call me a white supremacist and I saw you in public, you better run as fast as you can the other way. That's all I have to say, because you are going to get an earful from me. So, of course. And, and that ridiculous, like, victimization narrative that they have to pursue, they, like, we, I wouldn't say that we necessarily, other than, like, people who actively ram people, I, we cover the news. I don't, I don't think we necessarily pick on people. And when, when we do to. cover people critically, well, like, people are like, well, wait till he finds out Jason Kenney's the leader. Hello, we've been criticizing him more than anybody. We criticize yeah. based on ideas. We don't criticize individuals. Now, the media has criticized individuals. When I show up at, say, a pro-lockdown protest, as people have seen in the video, I get shouted, I get screamed at, you've been assaulted, Kean was shoved, his camera knocked out of his hand. We don't whine and complain. We may file charges and let people know about what happened, but we don't take to Twitter saying, oh, poor, poor me, woe is me. These guys, they they call these people, often people who are not white, white supremacists, sorry, and then they show up, and then while they're they're present. They're like, get out of here. You're liars. And then they, they're, they're the victims. Suddenly you just call yeah. these people Nazis and white supremacists. And then you're the victim because they told you to get out of here or you're fake news. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't even be half as nice as those protesters are like, I'm fast on my feet. Those mainstream media journalists, if they ever said those things about me, they better run as fast as they can the other way. And they better be working on their cardio. Cause I, I've got some miles in my shoes. So I, I mean, they're not even as like mean as I would be. I would be very mean yeah. because I'm not those things. And if I ever get a chance to straighten somebody out, whoever said those things about me, you better believe I will. I will. I promise. Yeah. And I would be, um, I would be so nice that they would just be sick to their stomach about calling me those terrible things. I did that guilt once parenting. <laughs> I did that once before. Some guy, I was at the legislature, and uh, he was a guy who had said some pretty unkind things about me, and I was so nice to him. I, I just was like <laughs> choking on bile, but I was so nice to him because I thought, you know what? If this guy has a little shred of decency. He's going to go home and feel like absolute garbage for saying those untrue things about me. So I was, yeah, I was nice for spite. I'm not above that either. (laughs) No, Um, let's keep going. Uninhabited gives us five bucks. Sheila, can you make another video 
with the laughing guy, the laughing Spanish guy, there's one floating around out there that is super funny. Um, with the laughing guy critiquing the mainstream media and the freedom convoy, I'll pay for the beer. Yeah, there's there's one out there of the laughing guy on the convoy and the liberals, and there's one of like that Hitler movie, um, where Justin like Justin Trudeau is playing the role of Hitler in the movie and yeah. all that. Like it's pretty good too. Um, if you can find it, I'm not going to put it up here because there's some swears in the subtitles. But yeah, it, just poke yeah. around, find it. It's really funny. It's really uh, good. Five bucks from Fraser McBurney. Uh, obeying the law of supply and demand. I'm so lucky not to be jabbed with the mRNA. Please, YouTube, I'm just reading the comments. Don't cancel us. Having pure blood, I can sell a pint for $3,000. Where's the triple jabbed or unpure? Well, you know, part yourself out a little bit. <laughs> Farm your blood out, whatever. Uh, $2, Aquas Guys, 3636. Did you see the letter from Beth Ann Wright from the U.S.? She wrote an open letter to the convoy regarding police, city breaking the Geneva Convention by stealing the truckers' fuel and not allowing food in. Thank you. I think, I'm not sure you. we need to think of these broad issues of the Geneva Convention. You just, there's no law that allows for unlawful search and seizure of people's items. And that's what's happening yeah. here. They're seizing gas without a warrant. We don't need to think about the Geneva Convention and the UN and all these grandiose yeah. global rights. In Canada, yeah. you cannot seize somebody's property without a warrant. And that's what's happening in Ottawa. Yeah, they, I mean, there, there's enough criminal code violations right here. Like I said, starting from interrupting ongoing worship repeatedly to stealing people's properties to violating freedom of assembly. But there are existing criminal code violations and infractions in place under which by every measure, it seems like some of these officers or the people issuing orders should be arrested and charged. So that's that's already in the law in Canada. It's just a matter of having people with the courage to uphold it. And thankfully, Democracy Fund, few other organizations are doing just that. It's just going to take some time because obviously, uh, as we've seen, often the courts are not on the side of the law, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, Don Antwistle says, gives us 10 bucks, says, thanks for the impartial common sense breakdown at Rebel News. I wouldn't say I'm impartial. I, I would not say that. I want to be honest. I look at everything through a conservative and often social conservative uh, lens. But the difference between me and Adam and the rest of us here at Rebel News and the mainstream media is you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. And we're yeah. honest about how we look at the world. And the mainstream media, they like to claim that they're impartial and they're just completely just the fact as we see them, we just call the balls and strikes. Now, they have political leanings just like I do. They just aren't honest about it. So we're not impartial. We're honest. I'm entirely impartial. Right. No, <laughs> you didn't work for the Catholic Church, Adam. Nothing. <laughs> None no. of that. Um, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us a buck. Uh, funny how the summer socialist mayor, John Tory, provided anti-police city hall to hold a camp. Yeah, by the way, yeah. And even brings in temporary toilets for their comfort while ordering cops not to enforce anything with them. Not only ordering cops not to enforce anything, but ordering cops to crack down on journalists who just came there to ask questions about why, why these people were getting special treatment. So yeah. uh, I guess the moral of the story is I'm kind of happy to see that conservatives have quit bringing a knife to a gunfight. The left fights yeah. this way, and we're never going to win unless we push back. And only then, only then might the rules change when we, you know, 
claim a few victories, then all of a sudden the rules might change. Look at Whoopi Goldberg. Look at Whoopi Goldberg. You know what, Whoopi? I don't make the rules. I just have to live by them, and it's nice to see you have to also. Although, if a conservative had said what Whoopi Goldberg said, I know I'm just on a bit of a David Menzies tangent, not only would they be canceled, generations of their children would be canceled. They would be completely unemployable, and she gets two weeks sitting at home doing nothing, probably well-paid, by the way. Yeah. No, and this is, again, just a double standard. Rachel Notley was tweeting in support of BLM protests, which were by every metric people standing outside relatively peacefully. I mean, globally, we saw that there was lots of looting and stuff involved, but that was mostly peaceful, according to the media. But comparable protests taking place for other causes, even during, even during, there's pro-Palestine and BLM protests during the height of COVID restrictions when they were illegal and Dean Hinshaw changed the law so that they were legal. That was all fine. Rachel Notley and a bunch of MLAs went along and, and joined them. But this one, because it's not an ideology that aligns with yours is villainous and needs to be shut down. Um, that's not how freedom works. Sorry to break it to you guys. Yeah. Not only were the NDP supportive of the BLM protests, they spoke at them. NDP MLAs spoke at them when everybody else was locked in their homes. And I was at the legislature watching anti-lockdown protesters get hauled away uh, like a starfish by the sheriffs. Um, Let's keep going. TAC 178, God bless the truckers. When the government fails in their constitutional duty and destroys your freedom, you must act. Trudeau must resign. Now, I really, I love people's optimism about the potential for Justin Trudeau resigning, but I just don't see it. And the reason I don't see it is Aaron O'Toole was forced out because his own party rebelled against him. Not only was public sentiment against him, which is whatever, but his own party revolted against him. Justin Trudeau's party is completely in lockstep with him. There's nobody in there trying to push him out. There's nobody thinking he's doing a bad job. There's not a single... Uh, liberal MP who says, you know what? Maybe we're dealing with these people wrong. Maybe we do. We don't have to agree with them, but maybe we do need to listen to them because we are the government for all Canadians, just not the Canadians who voted for us. There's not a single person in that party saying that at all. And until that happens, there are no cracks. Well, and literally Justin Trudeau made an address publicly speaking, and he said, so the, the nation is in crises. We've got the largest movement in the history of Canada, very probably in recent history, at least people standing united against a corrupt government. Justin Trudeau's address was not, I mean, Biden would have done better. Justin Trudeau's address was not, we need to come together and we all want to finish this. It wasn't even ambiguous niceties. He literally said, I'm speaking to the people who've done the right thing. Like he's literally saying all of the rest of you, very likely the majority based on the support we're seeing out there, or if not a strong minority, more than voted for the liberal party. I can tell you that much. I'm standing in solidarity. He's he takes to the camera as the prime minister of Canada and says, I'm speaking to the people who are doing the right thing. The rest of you can go fly a kite. It's ridiculous. Chip maker one, two, three gives us 10 bucks and says, can you please comment on why no one is looking at the NDP? This is a majority government held up by the NDP, isn't it? So they could bring them down or are they waiting for something? Why would they bring the liberals down? They're getting everything they want. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is sort of the same situation as was in BC where the couple of green party, uh, MLAs were able to control the entire NDP caucus, the entire NDP government and get what they want because for the liberals, in this case, when we're talking about the NDP and the liberals federally, 
They only care about power. So they are willing to give the NDP whatever you want. You want no pipelines? Fine. No pipelines. Done. You want crazy yeah. gender-based analysis shoehorned into everything? Done. You got that. You want us to uh, control the internet? Fine. Bringing out legislation right away. You want us to censor political enemies? No problem. You want us to censor social media? Done, 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 done. Everything's done. Subsidizing friendly media? Done. Everything the NDP want, the liberals are doing yeah. because the liberals care about power more than anything. So why yeah. would the NDP bring down the liberals? They're getting everything they want. Jagmeet Singh may as well be the prime minister at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, and especially with Aaron O'Toole being so quiet, you literally have a radical progressive in Justin Trudeau being coaxed along by another supportive voice that is an even more radical progressive in Jagmeet Singh with virtually no opposition. Now, hopefully that changes with new leadership emerging, but you've, you've basically had two leaders of the country who are radical, radical progressives with no opposition circumventing what would seem to be due democratic process. Um, Ezra tweeted furthermore, that so many of the things Bill uh, C6, a number or C4 now rather, but a number of the legislation items that have passed through are not being debated, are not being discussed. And I'm sure it's a matter of Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh have a phone call and decide what they're going to do. And their parties are simply happy to be collecting politicians' salaries um, when they're not stealing mail out of people's uh, front lawns or helping with CERB fraud. But they're, they're, they're very happy to just get their salaries and be part of the institutional system. These are upstart politicians who just are happy to tag along and will do anything to fit into this new Laurentian elite class. It is, like we said, every bit like the people tagging around Castro. They may not agree with the horrific uh, humans right, human rights abuses going on in their own backyard and in China, but they're, but they're happy to get their salary and they're happy to go along with the status quo. Even if the entire country turns against them, they don't mind as long as the 20% that donates to them and votes for them keeps on trucking. And I'm saying trucking kind of glibly there. <laughs> Well, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I miss Thomas Mulcair. He was the NDP leader opposite of Stephen Harper. And while he was a socialist and uh, sort of a progressive on all social issues and, you know, one of those people that just believed in subsidizing everything, he kept the more radical parts of the party sort of back there he was more like so uh, a socialist on economic issues and spending um but the like crazy palestine nakba day um feminism madness that was all sort of allowed in the party but it was never the vocal part of the party mm -hmm. and because there were he was reasonable he drew the more reasonable lefties into that party too and that's why yeah. Stephen Harper was able to do well uh, is because when you have a reasonable NDP -er, and again I can't believe I'm saying this but it, it draws people from the liberals it causes a vote split on the left yeah. because you need a vote split on the left to win as a conservative but there's no vote split on the left right now because why vote for the NDP? Justin Trudeau's giving you everything you need and you're propping them up in a in a minority government anyway. So um, until yeah. such time as the NDP realize that maybe we want to be a real grown-up party, um, I mean, there's never going to be they're, – all they're going to do is the, going to be the party that props up Justin Trudeau. They're not a real grown-up party. Well – 
And I mean, the, the reality of the situation is Justin Trudeau has changed absolutely everything. Uh, on the scale of things, like how distinct were Jean, I mean, don't worry, no problems. How distinct were Jean Chrétien, uh, Joe Clark, Paul Martin, some of these figures, we're talking about nuanced financial distinctions, um, some corruption issues aside, but generally speaking, an $80,000 scandal would undo uh, prime minister. Um, the scope has changed. We had no uh, ethics violations with any prime minister before, even compared to Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Pierre Elliott Trudeau was a moderate compared to Justin Trudeau. Um, he has changed the political landscape so dramatically and in a way that will require likely decades, if not generations, to repair. This is not how politics and democracies and in civilized nations work. And Justin Trudeau is the one who did that. Don't get me wrong, Aaron O'Toole failing was complicit in allowing that. Um, a competent opposition would have called this out as un-Canadian and as totalitarian and as dictatorial and as categorically unacceptable within any semblance of a, of a civilized legislative assembly. But we didn't call that out. And as such, we, we've reached a threshold and a point that is so extreme that it's going to take years of work to draw that back to some semblance of normalcy. Alrighty, let's keep going because we're way past and I know you got a tight timeline yep. here. Um, Richadio, Ricadio maybe? Uh, five bucks. My go fraud me refund will go to trucker lawyer blockade being staged right now at 176th truck crossing in Surrey, BC. I think we've got a journalist deployed to that. Dre and Matt are covering yeah. the potential for a blockade in BC. Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. Then lazy overpaid and useless Canadian cops wonder why no one helps them on the street. Uh, that's one of the big things of this pandemic. It has damaged uh, the entire community's relationship with the police. Um, they yeah. used to be someone you could look to for help. Look to, you didn't see them as bullies. Now, now it's completely different. And even people who are like pro cops, like Ezra, spent his whole life being pro cop, and now he's very cop skeptical um, yeah. because we deal with the worst of cops all the time. That is not to say that there are still, there aren't still good cops out there. I know there are. There are some in my family, yeah. but. Uh, Boy, the word, the bad ones are sure giving everybody a bad name. Aqua Skies gives us a buck. Uh, the lawyer who offered the truckers help is Beth Ann Wright. Her letters on Twitter, Convoy Freedom 2020, gave her a press conference this morning. Thank you, Rebel. Uh, G867, five bucks. Trudeau and his cabinet must resign from parliament and governor general have Bergen form government. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The governor general is not going to get involved in this. She's apolitical. Um, is cabinet's not going to resign. These people aren't going to resign. They're, they know that it, as long as they stay united, Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party, they could just coast right through this. They have the full support of the mainstream media. But they also know that they cannot tangle with Canadians anymore. No. And they should be very worried if the Conservatives run a fast leadership election and get their feet underneath them, the Liberals should be very worried. Because if the Conservatives yeah. run on an anti-lockdown pro-freedom uh, pro-small government platform, which is what they should always run under. That Those are um, conservative values. The liberals are in real trouble in all parts of you know, the country. I think if the conservatives run on anything, because Aaron O'Toole ran on nothing except his plan, yeah, and he did this, <laughs> and he never knew what the plan was. But if the conservatives run on anything, the liberals should be worried. Uh, Bill CF7 gives us a buck. Instead of donating more than $1 on the live stream, donate to truckerlawyer.ca. 
Smart. Thank you. Harper will always be my PM. Gives us five bucks. I have a couple of friends with uh, New York cops and LAPD who like to joke, be nice to be a cop in Canada, get paid well to do nothing except JT orders Ottawa. Got $346 million in the budget. I think 10% more than enough. Lean Dog gives us 20 bucks. The police wonder why there's such a disconnect with the public. Hello, McFly. Perhaps everyone should start calling the Ontario, or sorry, Ottawa Police Service to voice their displeasure. Uh, Becca Henderson gives us a buck. Went to the convoy last week. Best experience of my life. Tip, more police tactics coming. I don't think that that is a tip that should come as any surprise to anybody. Of course, they're cracking down, and I think they're going to do it early in the week because there are fewer people in Ottawa um, because some people can't stay past the weekend. So if there is police action coming, expect it in the next three days, I think. Um, and sorry, Hal uh, gives us a buck. The salt must flow and turdo can blow. And that I think, I think is everything. I think we're all caught up um, unless I've missed something. Efron. Okay. That's all the chats. Okay, everybody. Um, I know Adam's. Oh, I think Sheila may have frozen there, so I'll take over. I think Adam is busy today for the rest of the day. Like I said, we've got another interview coming up, and then I'm going to be heading down to the border, bringing you more coverage of that story. For everyone out there, I want to thank you so very much for tuning in. Sheila, for hosting the show, always an honor to join her, and looking forward to seeing you next week. We'll be on again tomorrow for live stream, so make sure you tune in. And everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. For Rebel News, I'm Adam Sose.